Good morning, happy Sunday everyone. This is Amy and welcome back to the LBC podcast. This morning we continue to think about our theme of discipleship and what it means for us to become more like Christ. Our message is brought to you by Paul and if you're joining us for the live stream, stick around till the end of the service when we share in communion together. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all well today. Before I begin, uh, I'd like to read a few verses for you from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'm going to read from verse 10 through to verse 12. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, reading from verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this, one of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another. I follow Christ. Amen, and may God bless that reading from his word. Well, this morning we are continuing the theme we began last week with a further look at discipleship. It's a tricky thing sometimes if you're asked to do the second in a series before the first has been done. You don't want to think too much, too far in advance about what you might say until you know what the first person has said or done. You don't want, after all, to be scrapping everything because you find that somebody's already said it. So I listened very carefully to Amy last week, and I'm glad to say that she didn't say a single thing that was in my mind. Now, that's not to say that we disagree in any way. Uh, it simply means that we've taken different approaches and emphasised different aspects of discipleship. And it means also that I shouldn't have worried. God has a way of planning these things better than any of us can. So here we are, week two on discipleship. Now, like any specialised field, Christianity has its own vocabulary and its own jargon. And very often, particularly if we've been in church for many years, we use these kinds of words without a second thought. We know what we mean. But it's not always helpful if we want other people, maybe even people outside the church, to understand what we're talking about. And so as I began to to think and to pray about this morning's sermon, my first thought was perhaps the most obvious question of all. What is discipleship. When I began to think about that, an unexpected image came to mind, but one that I think answers the question perfectly. I used to sometimes jokingly refer to my Uncle Dave, who sadly died a year or two ago, as my rich uncle. It sounds good, doesn't it, saying, I've got a rich uncle. Through a great deal of hard work, it must be said, Uh, He turned one small tire shop into a business with 20-odd branches throughout the south of England, 
And when he sold the company, he moved to Spain. Now, Dave, like his father before him, and also like his sister, my mum, was as generous a man as you'll ever meet. And during the years he spent in Spain, he made sure that everyone in our family had at least one opportunity to spend a holiday with him at his villa in Spain. At his expense, of course. I was fortunate and was able to go a couple of times. Uh, but on one occasion, my brother Ian and his family were blessed. And he accompanied my mum and dad and stayed for a week with Dave in Spain. I wasn't there that time, but I have seen a video that my dad shot. And I remember one scene in particular from that video that shows Dave running through the local marketplace with his arms outstretched like this, pretending to be a plane, as you do, and running along behind him in a line, copying him, are my three little nephews, but little as they were then. They were just young children then. In the middle one, Dan, he's now married, has a one-year-old daughter, so this wasn't yesterday. But they were playing Follow My Leader, and it struck me that that sums up exactly what discipleship is all about. Playing, in a sense, a game of follow my leader. Discipleship is all about us, as Christians, following our leader, Jesus. It's no coincidence that when Jesus first chose and called his disciples, what he told them to do was to follow him. In Matthew chapter 4, we read, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. It continues, Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. A little later in the same gospel, we also read, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. To put it at its simplest, a disciple is simply a follower. So having established that as our starting point, there are a few principles that arise from it. If we are to follow, then it's vital, of course, that we follow the right man. In that passage we read at the beginning, Paul addressed a problem that had arisen in the church at Corinth. There were quarrels, there were divisions that had developed among them. And Paul wrote, one of you says, I follow Paul. That was him, not me. <laughs> Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas, better known to us as Peter. Still another, I follow Christ. It was completely understandable, perhaps even natural, that the believers in Corinth might feel some loyalty to one church leader or another, and perhaps especially to whoever had converted them 
But Paul wanted to make it clear beyond any doubt that the only person they should be following was Christ. He made that same point again later in the letter when he said to them, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. In other words, only follow me if I am following Christ. And if there's a choice to be made, follow him, not me. Following Christ doesn't happen by chance or by accident. It's a conscious and a deliberate decision. One reaffirmed constantly in all our deeds and all our choices. If we are to follow him, there can be no ifs or buts or limits or conditions. We must follow him unreservedly and without question. When some people wanted to follow Jesus, but had all kinds of conditions they wanted to apply first and limitations they wanted to put on it, Jesus said to them, no one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. In other words, he said to them, if you're going to follow me, do it completely. Do it wholeheartedly. There's no holding anything back. Follow me and do it all the way or don't do it at all. Think of what you do if you're making a journey to somewhere you've never been before. If, if you're old-fashioned, you know, like me, you probably still look at a map. Not many folk do that these days. It's more likely that you've got your sat-nav or an app on your phone and you're programming your destination and it gives you directions. Whether it's a sat-nav or an app or an old-fashioned map, you've still got to follow the directions all the way. If you don't follow them all the way, you won't reach your destination. The same way, following Jesus is only following him if you follow him all the way. So having made that first decision to follow him, in other words, to be a disciple, there are many little decisions, little choices that follow that big one. If we are going to be disciples and follow him, how can we be sure we make the right choices? Well, firstly, it's to our advantage that a key difference between Christianity and the Judaism that it shares a common root with is that while the Jews still essentially follow a rule book, we as Christians follow a man, not just a set of rules, but a man. God has very graciously not just given us a set of rules to be kept, but an example to be followed in the person of his son. Sometimes even now, youngsters will copy their heroes, whether they're footballers, pop stars, whatever. They'll try to look like them, dress like them. In the same way, we should, if we follow Jesus, strive to copy him. Not just in how we look, that doesn't really matter, but in how we behave, in the kind of lives that we live, in the things that we do. The life Jesus lived is recorded for us in the Gospels. When Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 to follow God's example, 
or as some older versions translate it, to be imitators of God, he's telling us, if you're not sure what to do, look at what Jesus did and do the same thing. He also tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that we should have the same attitude that Jesus had. It was popular a while back among young Christians to wear bracelets with the letters WWJD on them. I don't know if they still do that or not, but it was a reminder to ask themselves, if they weren't sure, what would Jesus do? And having asked that question then, to choose to do the same thing. I kind of think that Paul would approve of that. Sometimes the meaning of words changes a little over time. If you're watching this on Facebook, you'll probably know all about being asked to follow someone. And you'll know it doesn't actually involve very much of a commitment at all, if any. Pretty much just click on, yes, I'll follow them. And you'll get notification of whatever they post and well, that's about it. You're not obliged then to do anything about it. It's a passive thing, requires no real effort on your part at all. Following Jesus, though, is different. It very much is an active thing. If we are to follow him, it should influence everything that we do. I usually find when I'm preparing a sermon that one or more songs come to mind that express something of what the sermon is about. And this one is no exception. At the age of only 14, a girl known as Little Peggy March topped the US charts with a song called, I Will Follow Him. Now the chances are you've probably never heard of Peggy because it wasn't even a hit at all here in Britain. But I reckon many of you nonetheless will actually still know the song because it later featured many years later, in the film Sister Act, performed by Whoopi Goldberg and a choir of nuns. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? I'm sure you remember that Whoopi Goldberg actually played the role of a nightclub singer who was on the run from the mob and took refuge among the nuns for safety. The song went, I will follow him, follow him wherever he may go. Near him I will always be, for nothing can keep me away. He is my destiny. And it has the recurring chorus. I love him, I love him, I love him. And where he goes, I'll follow, I'll follow, I'll follow. I don't know if Alan can play the clip at the moment or not, but um, or after I finish. But if not, look it up. It's easily found on YouTube. And you'll enjoy it if you don't already know it. But that song, in a nutshell, sums up what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. To follow him wherever he may go. To love him. To follow him. Now, maybe you think all that sounds a bit daunting. I can't blame you. I think it does, doesn't it? Maybe you're not sure if you will ever be a very good disciple. Well, I've got good news for you. Firstly, you're not alone. 
I think quite frankly, probably at some point, every Christian on earth thinks that or has thought that. But secondly, and more importantly, help is on its way. God knows that it's not going to be easy for us. Amy said last week in her sermon that discipleship is a lifelong commitment to becoming more like Christ. And so it is. But she also said that meant allowing God to mold and shape us. And so he does. In the hands of a skilled craftsman, an uncut diamond can become a dazzling gem or a roughly hewn block of stone can become a beautiful sculpture. And there's no more skilled craftsman than God. Trust in his hands and he can make you into a thing of beauty. God doesn't expect us or need us to be perfect disciples but he does want us to be the best disciples that we can be. Are you ready to make that commitment? To see it through? To follow him wherever he goes? To love him? To obey him? To be a follower? A disciple? Amen. We'd like to leave you with questions for coffee. Uh, so I've got a couple of questions for you now that you might want to consider, and uh, there will be an opportunity to join and chat over coffee with other people about these questions. The first, quite simply, is, am I a better disciple now than I was yesterday, or last week, or a year ago? And secondly, how can I be a better disciple tomorrow than I am today?